1: You're listening to a podcast from The Word.
0: Oh, we're back. We're back in full effect. <laughs> oh, we're back and we're second. wearing the
3: merchandise.
0: <laughs> we're wearing the Matching merch. merch. <laughs> matching merch. All three <laughs> of us here. So this is rather exciting, actually. We're going to try a kind of three-cornered stack waddy game. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a triathlon, is it? Yeah, Maybe. Okay because the thing about a stat-worthy game is you've got to have an idea of who you're going to play it with. You can't just play it to everybody, can you? Because it depends no. on on the the level of familiarity and expertise exactly. of exactly. the individual you're playing. If they know
3: absolutely nothing about the subject, you've got a kind of green field opportunity. <laughs> I think no, I've chosen one that, but I think I think neither of you would be particularly stooed oh, okay. up. Do you, up as do you, to you want to go first, can right. try, if you want. Okay, go, on. Got go first. My okay. idea was that European dance clubs uh, tend to have you know funky, sparkling, organic, faintly new age names. As do the wide range of products offered by Gwyneth Paltrow's modern lifestyle brand, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Goop. Goop,
0: okay. Oh. So, so it's basically, you, is, uh, this, is this a Belgian nightclub or something you put on the end of your penis? Yes, or an is aromatic, that... uh, aromatic candle. That's
3: right. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, a curiously fragrant accessory. Yes. Yeah, so look, right. is it, yeah, is it Rave Palace or, or Gwyneth Paltro lifestyle purchase, dance venue or wallet-draining cosmetic and cuisine accessory <laughs> from the star of Shakespeare in Love? Okay. Well, <laughs> try. I don't know, try. Okay. Here's the first one: Balmyard. Which is that? Barmyard. Oh, right. How are we spelling that? B-A-L-M-Y-A-R-D.
1: That's Farmyard. a cosmetic product, surely. I can't, I can't imagine going to a it club that had Balm in the title. That would be
0: balm- I plan- don't know. I think it's very new age, actually. No, no, it's, the, it's a chill-out zone, isn't chill it? Chill-out zone. Eight hours set from, it's uh, a, from, from... It's a Sunday morning kind of recovery yeah, yeah, yeah. thing, isn't it?
3: It's only in recovery, yeah. Eight-hour set from uh, from flute playing Banco de Gaia. No, Barmyard is a romantic, cold body oil for eighty-two dollars. Ah, oh, oh, no, no, no. Oh, very good. All right, okay. Carry on. Okay, next, Sweet Earth. Sweet Earth. It's a club. It's, it's a club. It's I'd not. It's a. It's Goop's plant-based bacon flavored with hickory sage and garlic. Bacon. Uh, yes you could we're not shy with the saucy marinade situation it's smoky sweet and a little tangy with legit bbq values so there we are that's good
0: isn't it all right eden oh the phone's gone off eden he uh go on you go
3: alex i'd imagine that's a club it is. It's a Mancunian botanical paradise and dance venue reminiscent of Studio 54. <laughs> but then you can't tell, can you? Manta. Manta. Dance venue. No, it's a flexible palm sized brush which has bendy, forgiving bristles that minimize snags and also feels massage like on the scalp. $30. <laughs> what a load of absolute bollocks, Honestly, papaya. Papaya. Okay. <laughs> Is that goop or is it glow stick? It goop. goop. surely. I'm going to go no.
1: to glow stick. No, glow no, stick okay. is glow stick.
3: No, it's an industrial-scale Croatian nightclub. that accommodates 3,500 revelers. Two or three more. Here we come. Padova. Is that a nightclub? Nightclub. It's yeah. a ceramic, non-stick, 10-piece cookware set from the Paltrow range. $229. Ouch. <laughs> Fluxus. Okay, Fluxus. 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 There's
0: Fluxus. a group Hell, I got like. a kind of
3: bath oil coming off oh, that. Surely Fluxus. He's trying to direct yeah, 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 yeah. try, you. He's yeah. trying try to club. lead you it's astray. A it's a it is. club. It's a converted shoe factory in Lithuania, accommodating <laughs> 10,000 people, art installations, naming <laughs> projects. It feels like a squat party. God damn, oh, you just want to be there. You love that, it. That sounds <laughs>
1: attractive, doesn't it? It really does. I know, I know, I know.
3: Okay, come on, three to go. Dua Nova. Club or product?
1: Go on, Dave. Do a club.
3: Club. It's good. it's Paltrio's electric cooking pot. Use it to pressure cook, saute, and steam. Two to go. Lux.
0: Well, that used to be soap, didn't it? Back in the yeah, 60s. it did back in the day. Uh, if it was uh, soap in the
1: sixties, it's probably a club now, isn't it? Yeah, yes, it, is. it very good, is. Very good, deductions. very good deduction. Very good. Well, all major
3: DJs from
1: Europe play in Lux,
3: widely regarded as Lisbon's top club, and with oh. good reason, says here. Okay. The last one is Kaiku. Kaiku. Over to you, Alex. I I'm going to go for Goop. You know, it's an underground techno house venue at the heart of Helsinki's lo- nightlife. <laughs> So there you go, but it's tricky, wasn't it? It's tricky. Can't Very stop. good. Go,
0: on, go you guys far ahead. Have you got one for
3: Alex? You
0: have I'm going to I'm going to try Alex on this, which go is on. it is basically um in the late 60s, post Sgt Pepper. Pretty much every group which fancied itself in any way, kind of slightly trippy and psychedelic, would include amongst their repertoire of new songs. A certain number which were kind of like children's songs. They're like Toy Town songs. Okay. This is this is inspired by like Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds okay. and things of that nature. So everybody that did this. And so you now have to tell me whether these are examples of psychedelic toy town pop or genuine children's stories. Okay, Alex. More. Okay. Uh, you got the idea? Okay. So Good. Sir Geoffrey saved the world. Sir Geoffrey saved the world. Is that a children's story about a brave knight or is it a tune by the Bee Gees?
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I'm going to say that's, that's a children's story.
0: I... No, it's a tune by the Bee Gees. What? Every day Saturday, feeling in steadily, laughing at people with stars in their eyes. Vicar Hayes approaching town, preaching in the underground. Talking with the lambs who came out of the sky. You know how Sir Jeffrey saved the world. Comes (laughs) from the BG's album Horizontal. Okay. It's a long road from there to
1: staying alive, isn't it? My God.
0: It is. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Moving on. The Jolly Postman. The Jolly Postman. Is that a children's story or is that an album track? By Dave D Dozy Beaky Megan, Titch, <laughs> the well, jolly postman.
1: <laughs> I'm erring towards album track by Dave D Dozy Beaky and Titch, actually.
0: No, it's by Janet and Alan Alberg. Once upon a bicycle, so they say. The jolly postman came one day. Very well-known children's book. Actually, but, Mark but, and I are probably both read it to our children. We did, and, but it's funny how is it, the world
3: has instantly improved just by saying the words "Dave D Dozy Beaky Mick and T." Absolutely,
0: <laughs> a better place. It is absolutely. But, okay, yeah, the next one. The next one. Here we go. Gentleman Joe's Sidewalk Cafe. Isn't that a much loved American children's book? Or is it a tune by Status Quo?
1: That's a that's a quo tune, surely. It is.
0: It is. It <laughs> is. Work. During the during the sort of pictures of Match seat men, you know, period, they they did that kind of thing. Uh I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you two more. Okay. Come and buy my toys. Come and buy my toys is that the much loved children's story about the 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 door to door seller of toys to small children in an industrial town in the kind of ls lowry manchester of everybody's imagination or is it a track by david bowie oh. with well, a title you could probably Might have trouble getting
3: away with now, wouldn't you, in this weirdly sensitive world?
1: Yeah. I'm going to... Oh, this is... Come on. OK, it's a Bowie track.
0: It is. Smiling girls and rosy boys, come and buy my little toys. Monkeys made of gingerbread and sugar horses painted red. (laughs) OK. And one more. (laughs) Pegasus the Flying Horse. Is that a much-loved children's book, particularly aimed at the at the equine sensitivities of young girls, or is it a tune by the Hollies?
1: I'm going to say that's a children's book.
0: No, it's a tune by the Hollies. Follow me, oh. follow us, see what you see. I'll take somewhere where you've never been, high in a mountain, deep down in the sea, to faraway lands you can travel with me. I'm Pegasus the Flying Horse. Song written by Tony Hicks, The Hollies. So, I think, Fantastic. you know, honours... That was, was even, really, though. really brilliant. Okay, over, over to you, Alex.
3: Who are you hey, Have you, you got so? one that both of us might be in the market for them?
1: Yeah, this is for both of you. I'm, I'm still on. a, a stack-waddy novice, of course, so I'm going with the old formula where I'm setting out a number of things and in, yep. in which there is one so ringer. So five things one ringer. one ringer.
0: Yeah, yeah go, go on. Okay.
1: Uh, and uh, these are DJ names. There are four genuine DJ names, and there is one that I've made up because it's fun. Okay and these are chinese man roy right. roy of the ravers that's a great name spinston churchill <laughs> that's brilliant <laughs> pants and socks pants and socks and God. dj twat <laughs> DJ twat. Oh my lord.
3: I, I I'm going to chip in straight away and say that don't don't say anything at the moment but I think Spinston Churchill must be real. That's pretty, there are, there are a ton of names like that. You know, are not there? the kind of the, with the kind of prime minister type names where people just kind of just <laughs> you know put in these torturous puns. And it's also a very funny name. Roy of the Ravers, I think, is real too, don't you, Dave? I don't know because it's got that kind of cartoon capery kind of tang to it. I don't know.
0: Okay, go on. DJ
3: Twat, I'm sure, is real because
0: um going to say that's got to be Basically, right absolutely
3: up. everything that you 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 imagine could be a DJ's name sort of is. <laughs> Chinese man doesn't seem exciting enough to be um, to be one thing. I don't know. Gosh, but then that leaves us with pants and socks, doesn't it? It can't be made up. Can't be can't Pants Socks say maybe it's Royal of the Ravens. I think it's okay. I think
0: what do you think, Dave? Go on, all right. I think you've made up Royal the Ravers. Do
1: you want to hazard the guest, Dave, or do you want to go with Roy I the would Raver? say
0: DJ Twat, but anyway.
1: Okay. Well the ringer is Spinston Churchill. Oh, No, because <laughs> no, that's the best by some margin. But I I, I would like. Why has that never been claimed? Well, I would like to tell you that Oprah Spinfrey and Osama Spinladen are real DJ names. So
2: (laughs) it (laughs) it has been (laughs) (laughs) utilized. They're very good.
3: Very good. When you win, deservedly so. Spinston Churchill. You go and see Spinston Churchill. Would you in a flash? (laughs) Terrific.
1: The Chinese. Oh well.
3: Yeah. We shall entertain them on the beaches, (laughs) (laughs) etc. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, oh lord.
3: Very good, good. Very
0: good. Well, if people have got further <coughs> ideas for for other um uh St. Wally games, what's the address, Alex? It is dot London at gmail.com. At gmail.com. So um we've all been listening to the well, it's not the Bruce Springsteen podcast, is it? It's the Barack Obama podcast. <laughs> I think that's the, I think that's yeah. the way it started, isn't it? He's started it started with he's Well, interest interesting point. Yeah, I just I wrote a thing about this this week actually, because I think it started. I get I got the impression it started life as Barack Obama that does a deal with Spotify to do a podcast, and then has to think who he's going to do it with. So he obviously can't have kind of a standard TV host or whatever, and so he thinks, who's who's a similar legend to me? I know. (laughs) I like got my mate Bruce Hi Springsteen. I always tell Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> yeah, and so, and so it is, it's it's supposed to be Obama's thing. I think mainly, you know, yeah, but, he's meant to be the
3: host, absolutely.
0: Yeah, um, but it is quite, quite interesting. One of the things that struck me listening to it is that the person who most naturally goes into the role of the chairman is the former leader of the free world, because what politicians are used to doing is getting people to tell them things. Yeah. Whereas rock stars are not used to doing that at all. Rock stars are used to being entirely on the other side of that um, yeah that exchange. You know what I mean? They tell you what they think. Yeah. Whereas politician goes, and oh, have you come far? And what do you think about so and so? You know I mean? it's,
1: it's that interviewer interviewee uh, paradigm, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah I, mean, <laughs> I thought I thought I found that really interesting. You know, these these two immensely kind of well, just beyond famous people aren't they you know used to having their every you know every utterance being poured over by people Were you uh, in a room together did you find yourself uh, as I did I think very slightly
3: disappointed after a while because the only problem is it, it feels like a kind of brand alliance and um, the novelty yeah, even... of hearing the two of them together which is really really thrilling actually at first. Uh... I thought wore off quite quickly. And it struck me that the way podcasts normally work is you've got people with slightly opposed views. It's that friction and it's that difference that makes for an interesting perspective. You know, and actually, interestingly enough, they have 12 years between them, but they you know, Obama's 12 years younger, but they didn't exploit that at all. And what you've actually got is is two guys mostly agree with each other because they're really rather in awe of each other. And they say so. I mean, you know, Springsteen's got that kind of consummate cool, which which uh, Obama refers to the the cowboy hats, the guitars, the, the motorcycles, the command of giant rock and roll audience. And Obama's got that profoundly enviable poise, knowledge and intellectual authority. And, and I didn't think, I thought what it needed was various things, but I didn't need a bit of friction, because you, you, you never get a debate going, really, you know, it's no. just the two of them talking about big issues, and largely just agreeing, and what I felt that would be wonderful, but it's impossible, obviously, in that format, is that it's the little issues that are actually really interesting. You know, I'd love to have heard them talking about popular culture, or, you know, is the Queen's Gambit any good? Or uh, should Frasier be coming back? Was the Britney documentary really good? But they can't do that because people immediately quote everything they say. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they're not going so to So I wondered, well. I my only feeling was, was there enough manoeuvrability within that format to carry on producing really interesting stuff? Or have they, I mean, stuff like The Fathers was interesting. That was interesting, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. It's interesting that Springsteen's father has, uh, has you know, if you've been going to Springsteen shows as long as I have, springsteen's father has gone from being this person referred to as a difficult man yeah to now he was mentally ill yeah you know that that's that's what he's come to terms with you know yeah and springsteen's obviously have therapy in that time you know and so that all comes out in those kind of conversations doesn't it yeah and i'll with the story of barack obama
3: can't do that at all (laughs) <laughs> no, and Obama's dad deserted him, I think, when he was two, didn't he? Is that right? came back when he was about eight or ten or something. Yeah. So sort expected of to have a kind of relationship like... with him. And he was going, This is yeah, impossible. Yeah. Yeah. I thought yeah. that was really moving actually. They were talking about l- growing up with a lack of father figures in their lives, which is why both of them were so incredibly driven, because they were they were they were in charge from a very early stage, weren't they? So That's I thought that so. was good. But I don't know whether or not whether or not it's got it's got legs. I'm not sure.
0: I think you I tell you know, the thing. what did you go on, Alice?
1: you kind of expect Obama and, and Springsteen to be talking about, you know, uh, hashtag big things that are, uh, you know, sort of directly applicable to American life. And so there wasn't really any surprises in there, I felt. Uh, um yeah you know, as, as eloquent as it was. But also, yeah. I realised that I'd never heard Springsteen speak before, and his voice was a little bit higher than I expected it to be, and oh, I really? found myself just drifting you never past- heard
0: Bruce Springsteen no. speak <laughs> He must have done.
1: He's live close forever. I've just listened to the records. <laughs> can't I'll shut I- him up! I, no, I've never, I've never watched the Springsteen live performance. Uh, no, actually, no, I, I've watched the the version of the Chuck Berry track he does. He did. Um.
0: Oh, you never can tell. Oh, you never can no. tell. Oh, isn't that great?
3: Oh, my Lord. He teaches yeah. the band to play. Brilliant. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. astonishing. But he's yeah. kind of doing it. I'll tell you, you what, tell what the,
0: giveaway, the giveaway in that in that Springsteen thing was, it I, I fascinated me. I was listening to it and thinking, how many people do you think are in the room? Yeah, as yeah, 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 yeah. I and couldn't was, stop thinking about this. Somebody pouring coffee at the beginning, and then at one point when he, he goes into he playing a song, a he asks for a pick. Yeah, and obviously the guitar roadie is there. Yeah, somebody hands it to him, and you think yourself, well, there's obviously there's obviously a motorcade outside, and secret service men as far as the, the eye can see because helicopters overhead. That's what <laughs> obviously happens. There will be managers. There will be people from Spotify. There's yeah, probably a room full of people.
3: Yeah, and people agonising over every syllable as to whether or not they can say it and whether or not they'll have to re-record yeah. that bit because they simply can't <coughs> put it out. Well, that's and, thing. Thing. Their job was to to appear fantastically informal and cool and relaxed. And yeah. these two guys just, uh, you know, just <laughs> chewing the cud out in, a, <laughs> out in a woodshed somewhere, you know. No, I thought there uh, was consummate genius. But I, I don't know. It was fascinating. It was thrilling to hear them together. Thrilling yeah, together it'd, together be, together. Be it'd be interesting be. To, to see was. how
0: it, how it, it develops. Exactly, Uh, exactly.
2: um, The Word Podcast. Prime cuts of
1: popular culture served fresh each week.
0: So we're back in 1971. 50 years ago this week, this record came out. Nick Drake's Brighter Later. 50 years ago. And even though, if you look on the label, it says 1970. Interestingly, didn't come out until 1971. Why was it delayed? Do you remember, Mark? Postal Strike? Postal strike. Yes, the I do. Postals. <laughs> We remember it well. It's
3: funny that I remember that so many. The postal strike went on for something incredible, like seven weeks. It's just
0: something like that,
3: it's and it mattered absolutely. so much. Oh
0: absolutely, my Lord. absolutely extraordinary. And so it was also this week, fifty years ago, the Rolling Stones started their what, what they called their farewell to the UK tour because they were just about to relocate in. Um, in the south of France. And so I've got the dates and, here. And Is it know? amazing that we put up with
3: that at the time? There they were. They had that flyer with a picture of an old, lovely old charabang with them kind of waving, Song yeah. suckers, <laughs> we're off to make a fat load of cash, which we
0: made out of you, well, actually, <laughs> in the south of France. Well, I don't think they didn't and, make much of it out of us because, listen, these are the dates yeah. of the Rolling Stones tour. So they hadn't played in Britain since 1967, apart from Hyde Park. Things like that. Uh, They toured in America, but not in the UK. So they started on the 4th of March at Newcastle City Hall. How many shows? One. Incredible, isn't it? 5th of March, Manchester Free Trade Hall. Saturday, Coventry Theatre. Uh, Monday, Glasgow Greens Playhouse. Remember that. Uh, On the Tuesday, the Bristol Colston Hall. Then Brighton, the Big Apple. Liverpool, Empire, Leeds University, uh, and then The Roundhouse was their one London show. The Roundhouse, tiny venue! <laughs> that's, that's 1,700 people, <laughs> that's ridiculous, isn't it? And they were absolutely celebrated. They are absolutely at yeah, their peak in lots of ways, but the scale of things in Britain was still quite small. Well, they were at their peak, certainly in that kind
3: of uh, satin finery, weren't they? There were pictures of them at the time which looked like they'd come direct from the Palace of Versailles. <laughs> right from the, from the court of Louis XIV, satin, satin uh, capes, hats, was it? Incredible. Yeah,
0: well, he, he took to the stage coats. of f- first night in Newcastle City Hall wearing a kind of satin baseball cap and yeah, satin yeah. jacket and so forth. And I've got a picture here, uh, which I was just looking at, uh, which you've probably seen, uh, of Mick and Bianca arriving at oh, Newcastle, yes. Newcastle, Newcastle Station... Which is really interesting because they're you know they're playing Newcastle at night, so presumably the gear has just gone ahead. Yeah, and the stones are like you just turn up when you feel like kind of thing, you know. And so Mix come on a train from London with a, with his paramour, dressed up as you say, like a, incredible a, courtiers from from, from in their intact. side. Yeah, and just uh, going over that 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 bridge in Newcastle Station that we've all no doubt gone over. Many times to you know change platforms there, uh, and then they I think they're staying afterwards at something somewhere like the Gateshead Post House. So you know there's none of that none of the that glamour. you know, go d- domiciled in a stately home fifty yeah. miles away anything like that. You know they were only one up from a travelling salesman really in terms of <laughs> the kind of the, the luxurious life they led. Yeah. You know they, in those days if you could if you could stay in a hotel at all you you were quite enviable, weren't you? Really, you, you were. Know? So they were no different from anybody else. Well, well actually, oh, no. there, was
1: that, there was that thing in the Waterstones, wasn't there, where they were talking about um, oh, how their tours are structured. No, they, they were saying we we bring sleeping bags because yes. sometimes we won't have a hotel. Yeah, um, yeah, you know they might
0: they end up in the van, the Waterstones, yeah, which we were talking about last week. Yeah. And they
1: didn't, they didn't, didn't know that there was no that planning element. Just wasn't wasn't there at that level.
0: Yeah. Too. Well, it's really interesting. I was talking to somebody about this this week. I mean, the reason that the uh, the, the Blue Boar on the M6 was the kind of legendary rock and roll hangout in the middle of the night that everybody talked about, wrote songs about, was because everybody almost came back from wherever they played outside London. They didn't stay. They, they, they got in the van in the middle of the night and drove back down to their homes in London. You know, so staying in a hotel... Loads of bands when they went to the states, they just weren't used to it. They hadn't done it at all in the UK, you know. Or if they had, they'd pretty much stayed in boarding houses. <laughs> you know, a level yeah. of luxury. But also, staying in a hotel was very up, yeah. expensive,
3: wasn't it? Eight into yeah, your yeah. into your minimal profits. I was it reading. Uh, <clears throat> I was reading a thing about that tour in 1971, and it's a brilliant exchange with the reporter who says uh, many remark on the tendency of Mick Jagger to be as feminine as masculine. Would you like to be a woman? Mick Jagger says, if God wants me to be a woman, then a woman I will become. And you think, they really were ahead of the game, weren't they? Oh, that's absolutely. A, that's kind of a very, very kind of topical thing to be saying, really. That's yeah, a story yeah, yeah. 50 years ago. But one one thing I remember so vividly about them moving to the south of France, which I think they did, the tax exile movies in was May, April yeah. that year, or April and May or was, like, yeah. was that um it, the legend always was, you know, Dave, because you've researched this and you've written lots of stuff about it, but the, the legend was that to get Keith to go, they had to transport... Do you remember that story? That they had to transport yeah. his sofa from Chelsea with his ashtrays and his lamps with the scarves draped over them and everything as it was, and, and reconstruct his room in the south of France and pretty much pick him up, take him to the aircraft, Fly in there, ship him in horizontally and put him back on the sofa in the southern front. Now, whether or not that's true, I want it to be
0: true. Yeah, I know you well, I want it to be. You? Well, to, to further extend that idea, the reason that the al- the album because they went there and started making what, what became Exile on Main Street. Yeah. And the reason that was made at Nelcott was that was Keith's place. And yeah. so the chances of getting Keith to go anywhere else were just nil. And so yeah. the rest of the Rolling Stones were more scattered all, all over the place, and they had to, they had to just go there, and uh, and you know basically you could get Keith from his bedroom into the basement and then back to the bedroom. Yeah, you could you couldn't do anything. You couldn't further. Get go any further. Yeah. And Mick Taylor, who'd only you know recently joined, didn't he? He um you know he was staying sort of about eighty miles away or something. They'd he all was. found different That's different things. Charlie's saying miles miles and, yeah. and he had uh, Mick Taylor couldn't drive. And so his wife used to have to drive him every day. So his wife every day took there's it, 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 it one thing more tedious than being a member of the band waiting for Keith to get up to play, it's being the wife of a member of the band who's had to drive him drive down him there. there. And then when the guns go, they're gonna wait, wait for wait. another kind of 14 hours before yes. <laughs> the pyjama figure stumbles into view, you know. Yes, absolutely incredible. and he only got out of bed at all because they started playing in the basement. And so they, you know, the noise was pretty, <laughs> pretty unavoidable, I would have thought, you know. But it's uh, anyway, the great bit of the rhinestones, which is it from that pretty much this week or from the, the following week, they played U- Leeds University and they recorded the show. Uh which I think was for broadcast on, believe it or not, the Dave Lee Travis show. You know, it, was, it, was not, it was not John Peel. It was between not, the snooker. You know, it was, it yeah. was lunchtime. It's probably when lots of people are listening. Yeah. And there is there is uh, their version of Let It Rock, which they put on the B side of Brown Sugar. That it comes from there, the live version of Let It Rock, which I still think is the best live Rolling Stones mm. recording ever. It's just that. That version of Let It Rock was just that inimitable way of playing Chuck Berry songs, not like Chuck Berry played them. They played them in their own way. So, yeah, 50 years ago this week. So uh, we're also marking... Well, I don't know if it's an anniversary, but you've seen that amazing piece of film of Frank Sinatra uh, in the studio. Oh, in, God, I thought that was uh, amazing. 95.
2: His <laughs> it mic technique
1: was fantastic. He oh, just instinctively knew how to how to move his head, you know, to... to um... To move with the describe it, describe
0: it Alex describe it, Alex what we're seeing because it's it's so different from what people's view is of what a recording session is nowadays.
1: So it's completely we want to, open what yeah it's completely open plan. So these days you'll be recording vocals in a booth that's isolated and completely sonically yeah. closed off to the rest of the world. Um but Frank's there uh with with, with his cup of joe on the go. Um,
3: if I'm still wearing a tie. Is oh, a yes. okay. loosened tie? Oh yes, rakishly loosened
1: tie. Oh, uh, we'll come back to that. Yeah, <laughs> but he's got he's got the orchestra in there with him. Every it's a completely open plan room, and there's stuff that's going on around him, around the mic. So the mic would be would have been picking up noise from God knows where. I'd have thought, but it's a completely the, the room's just packed with other activity, and he's just in the middle well, they, of it with a, with a rudimentary he, mic setup.
0: Because that that might, that will have been, I guess in the studios at capitol studios uh yeah um, i think it will yeah i yeah you were probably still recording there because the recording studios were in the basement of capitol studios in hollywood and when he recorded he always wanted an audience and so they would get the secretaries and so forth uh, from the typing pool pretty much
1: wow
0: mrs sinatra is, is recording today downstairs come downstairs you all sit there, don't say anything. Which I
3: think, which explains uh, it, because when you see this bit of footage, I and mean, we must post this actually, there are people in the background who are not playing are. An instrument or doing no, anything they are they're, at all. They're just watching. They're, and just, they're, they're just watching, and he likes it. But I mean, God, I think it was amazing. And it made you realize just so many uh, disciplines. Were required, weren't they? Oh. That are no longer those skills that you no longer that composure, that ability to collaborate, that ability to do a live take with an orchestra of what I don't know, forty-five people or whatever, in yeah. one go, and to beforehand to 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 check and and modify the arrangements. I thought it was incredible, and
0: he talked because about he, clarity he also, and he taught, diction, didn't he? At one he point, he talks about dealing with the pops, doesn't he? Because he's very yeah. concerned that they shouldn't have to go back and. Um, Take out the pops. Tribal with it in any yeah. way, you know. Yeah. So is he the right distance from the mics? They, well, because they don't have a pop shield, do they? Well, that was no, they, they, didn't, they don't.
1: But that was interesting because that, you know, that he was working on the assumption that what he did would be fine. Whereas most this musicians, I think, to day, you know, hoping that the engineer can fix any, any quirks in the tape.
3: Yeah. And there's a bit That's at the, the very end, end which is just a close up of him to listening to himself singing back, which is really interesting. All he wants is to check it was as good as he thought it he was. He's not. There's no suggestion of self doubt, is there? It's this, yeah. this absolute 100% confidence.
2: Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.
3: Two pop facts about Sinatra, Dave. I think these are true. Two pop facts. Wasn't he one of the very first stars of the
0: microphone era? Am um, I right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think they all say Bing Crosby was the first one, I think. But and I Crosby think he was pretty much the second, maybe slightly earlier. Uh, yeah, but, but, yeah. but I
3: think before that, the discipline required in being a singer was that you had to be able to project on stage live in an audience without any kind of amplification. So that whole idea of a kind of music that was, was intimate, you know, that was somebody whispering yeah. in your ear, your ear, was possible via that. And the yeah. other thing, which I think is true, is that on the 12th of October 1944, he opened his third season at the Paramount Theatre, which I think was a radio broadcast. And a load of girls turned up, 500 girls, with pictures of Sinatra pinned to their dresses in a state of very high excitement. And when he came on stage, they started screaming. And people recognised that as being the first evidence of kind of fan hysteria. No, really? Up till that point, I know Ouija was there, the photographer, and photographed it and reported on it. And it's generally thought that that something had tipped the balance, and these women could no longer contain themselves when yeah. Sinatra was in the room, and that had never happened to any other singer before. Nobody came out. I was pursued by screaming
0: women. Really interesting. Uh, it's fantastic to watch the clip, though, and to watch the bit, like you say, when he listens back to it. Oh. And you realize that it's all there yeah. at that point. Yeah. You know, they they've they've done it five minutes earlier. Yeah. They've rolled the tape back, they've started playing it, and it's there. It's there. Nobody really has to do anything with it. You, know? I know. you don't have to it doesn't have to be remixed or, or anything like that. Contrast that. I must I must show you this actually. There's a fantastic interview. If I can find it again, it's on YouTube with the guy who engineered, you know, you remember late on in his life, he did those duets. Um, oh, with Bono out. and people like that. He did two of them, didn't he? Yeah. I think there were two of them. It was like Natalie Cole and Bono was on one. I can't yeah, remember. he was, yeah. And, it, and, it, and, it, and obviously this is the interview with the, end, the guy, one of the engineers on the session, talked about how done it was done. And the contrast with the 65 thing could not have been greater. Because the 1965 thing is just utterly authentic. It's him, an orchestra, he sings, it's perfect. The later things were completely pieced together. Absolutely. He never met any of those people. He was never in the studio with any of those people. Everybody posted in their bits... And also, he technically couldn't do it really anymore. So they were they were fixing his takes and all kinds of things. It's just so tragic that he did I that. I know. Late in his life, what was the point of that? Know. You know. But I suppose they all want to be they want to be in the charts, don't they? You know, when you're in your you're you, your 80s. I- Another bit of film, that, which is
3: on YouTube, actually, which it really brings across what pressure those people are under in recording studios is the one of... Have you ever seen it of Cilla Black recording Alfie with the Baccarat Orchestra in London? Oh, no, I am not George that. Martin's there in the studio too, I think. And George Martin has talked about this. I interviewed him and he mentioned this to to me once and he said that Bacharach made her do about, oh, God those you know, 20 takes or whatever, you know. And, and there she is, this poor little girl. I mean, weeks beforehand, she'd been the the, the, the coat check girl
2: in the, yes. the, at the, the Cavern yeah. Club.
3: And there she is with a kind of, again, a 40, 50-piece orchestra around her and You've got to get it right. You oh, cannot God. make a mistake. If you make a mistake, or if anybody makes a mistake, they can't use that take. And watching you know, being made to redo and redo these takes, you think <laughs> that is a, a level of discipline that that that, that you yeah, know, yeah, must yeah. be absolutely unimaginable, incredible. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: This is a junction in the word podcast. It separates that bit from
0: this next bit. So festivals, Alex, they're coming yeah. back. Well, yeah, Are you excited? Are you excited? What's happening? Uh,
1: well, uh, I, I I don't see how they're going to be able to do it. I think it's a little bit optimistic. You know, we're still at a stage where we can't go to the pub. Uh, and, you know... uh yes. yes. With that in mind, <laughs> yeah. the idea yeah, but of... But you can't put
3: 50,000 people in a... Yeah, to 50,000. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite I'd a leap, thought isn't of it that it? way. Yes. Quite a leap. And uh, actually, I'm more bothered about the pub, aren't you? <laughs> Yeah.
1: Absolutely. To, Le- to be m- honest.
3: Less murder, fun. But Alex, what is it? just fill me in here. I'm not sure Glastonbury's not
1: coming back. That's definitely off. Yeah. So, I think well, Reading
3: claimed to be coming back. Is that Red-
1: Red- right? Reading and Leeds. I think, I think Creamfields. I think they sold out as well. I, I think yes. they sold something like oh, that. Oh, I think it's they, not, they like,
3: have. No, Reading. I think is. the
1: Stormzy, Catfish, Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. so Queens of the Stone Age, they're already <coughs> planning to buy bands over from America which is also really badly hit by COVID. To the, do you know what I mean? The whole thing. I just. Yeah, I know what you, mean. Know, I know what you wanna, mean. I don't want to. I don't want to be a be a <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> But you know,
2: I, I, don't I mean, see how wouldn't
1: do you it. like
3: to know if this isn't too dull, wouldn't you like to know the, the details, the contracts you must make with those people? Because I mean, there must be some kind of cancellation cause. Oh, there will calls. be, but then again, you know, if you do cancel it, where else are these people going to go and play? So it yeah. can't be too crippling. You so know?
0: That, 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 I think, was the issue uh, that they're talking about is that um, you, can, you can't get cancellation insurance in this current. Situation, can
1: I'm you? sure you can. Uh, that's obviously
0: why Glastonbury was called off so early because they had to do it before it got too expensive to call it off later, right? You know, that... and uh, there's talk, talk about shouldn't the government step in and, and ensure that you think, how the hell can the government, yeah, exactly, ensure these things against cancellation? So, I, many I, I so, like so many variables, so much, there's so many variables, you know, I, I don't know. You know, if it—I suppose—if it makes people happier to think that well, they got their tickets and they confidently yeah, get their money back if it's cancelled or whatever, well. It's it's Fair great enough, that people have got
1: this to hold on to, and it's you know it seems to be really yeah. che- cheering people up. But um, but the practicalities of it are just something else. You know, Reading and Leeds, for example, people go there to mosh, and moshing requires a huge, great yes. wad of people physical together. A, it, it does. It, it does. It, it's
0: the polar opposite of social distancing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one end <laughs> social distancing, the mosh. Those are the. The they can't screens. set
1: out deck chairs and plastic screens because it's just not uh, going to work at Reading.
3: No, Go. no. no, no
0: so, Unless yeah. <laughs> it does, of course. But um But yeah. Uh, but I uh, well other, I'm sure other people are making plans for smaller scale, more socially distant. But uh, everybody's I
3: find everybody's doing that. I sent an email from May mine saying, you know, we booked a booked a weekend in Wales, you know, in the end of June. Probably won't happen, but at least we booked it. It's all that idea about just having things in place, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Something to look forward to. It may not come off, but by then we might have thought of something else we might try.
0: Yeah. I'd oh, yeah. no, like to go
3: to a pub. I'd but love to pub. get a dog.
0: Would a pub. Oh, the belong. smell of
3: warm, woolly ale. Just, just,
0: oh. just
3: sit just there. That just first, go, that oh, first gulp rubbish. of that fine oh. ale and then that kind of silent exhalation where everybody would just be so overloaded
0: with joy <laughs> that they wouldn't yeah. be able to speak. <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> what, would you, what would you bombardment? Have? What would you have if you went in a pub? Well, I probably
3: have a pint you? of London Pride, which is still okay, my absolute yeah, probably, probably.
0: favorite beer. Yeah, I might go for a I pint of Guinness. It. What about you, Alex? I'd go You've for the the pub. You've been to the pub before lockdown, didn't you?
1: Uh, uh, last went in November. Uh, there's a little <laughs> little village pub up here and uh, they right. do a great pint of organic ale, uh, a pale oh, ale called Lawless, which comes in a glass with a handle. So we all know beer tastes better in a glass with a handle. Oh, right. right yeah,
3: the dimple mug. Yeah,
1: it's great. Um But uh, no, I'd probably order the IPA, which had the the best cartoon on the label. That's just how I roll. And I know it's not necessarily right, but hey.
3: That's not a good idea. (laughs) You're (laughs) going to be led by what the labels look like. (laughs) You're missing out.
2: I'm (laughs) a
1: pint with with a beaver with a gun. That would be great. Thank you. (laughs) all
0: right and so yeah, yeah. it's a small it's a small round table small round table in the corner of a pub and there are three people there's just there's three at it there's no so, more than three there might there be, be more some three. dominoes there might be some dominoes no, there might be a chess set and somebody is going to come over <coughs> come back from the bar with a bag of the crisps oh, and they're going to open think them, them open the board, and leave pie. them flat on the table.
3: the um, Yeah, yeah pub <laughs> salad. Pub salad as Chris Morris as he used to call it. <laughs> you bring back crisps and open it up, yeah, so you could share them with pub salad. No, oh, but also
0: must
1: be a God. pork pie with a little bit of mustard.
3: Oh, dude, the eyes are filling up just thinking no,
1: <laughs> Also, the prospect dude, of dude. being in a room with people you don't know. I mean, that's oh, well, I know.
0: Fascinating. I
1: so other it people?
0: is absolutely gripping. Yeah. Well I yeah. went to I went to town into town the other day on the tube. And uh and you you know you get on a tube train and there's only, there's only like two people in the carriage. And and they, of course we're all masked, so you can't see all of them, but we're all fascinated with each other. Because you just, <laughs> You've not seen another people, person for right. other other than your nearest and dearest, you know, whatever. Yeah um, the novelty of seeing people. Yeah, is is quite remarkable, you know. And I I walked up, I walked up Bond Street and uh, Wigmore Street and so forth. And there are lots of construction workers. I think, I think the shop fitting trade is still very, very well.
3: Construction trade is doing really well. Oh, no, yeah, it's, because it's well, they can with. get
0: on with things, can't they? Can't,
2: yeah, there's there's no traffic holding up, up the trucks bringing no, in the absolutely. bricks and the cranes and the yeah, things. yeah. No, it's
0: great. Yeah, was, I, 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 I was interested to see in London that was one business that still appealed to appeared to be thriving. Traffic wardens were still there.
2: You thought, well, what? there's no traffic,
0: there's no, nobody parking anything, but they're still there. Putting tickets on things, anyway. Okay. It all makes work for the working man to do, as I think Flanders <laughs> <Francis> and Swan, Flanders <laughs> and Swan said. It was many, on the many... Monday morning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the gas
3: man came, to, came call. to call. The gas tap wouldn't <laughs> turn. I wasn't getting gas. Getting, getting, gas at all. <laughs> they turned to the stuff... Oh, yeah. What's the carpenter up Yeah, the carpenter turned up to pretty all to rights. And he, and he nailed right through a cable, and out went all the and lights. Out went oh, all the it lights. all makes work for than working.
0: <laughs> oh, I love oh, that song. Oh, so God, you, did you say you've been watching films you hadn't seen? I've been, watching, film. films. I've been, watching, films. I've been watching films. I've been watching. Oh. I've been watching films again. Last time I watched the Irishman for the second time. Oh, God, we you, never got to the end of that. The first time, three Now and and you and made the, you'd made the simple pilot error, Mark. That if you consulted me, I would have told you. No point watching this with your good lady wife or my good lady wife. They're not gonna like it. No, she is I'm to. sorry. And now my wife, I wouldn't even suggest that. For she some reason, that. she's no, not up, she's no not up for violence. violence. I don't know why not. <laughs> so, no, for yeah. real. I, I'm not even sure that I could watch all of it. But yeah. anyway, so I watched it again, partly <laughs> last night and partly this morning, and it was kind of, I kind of quite enjoyed it. No, I tell you what, yesterday, the day before, I watched the film which I knew pretty much every line of, but I don't think I'd ever sat down and watched it. Oh right! Don't tell us what it is what. What when when what what when was it made? Well, it's, it's film made in the last fifty years, so it's not Casablanca or something like that. You know, I think it, God, when did it come out? I don't know. American? Um, no, British. Uh, late seventies, I think. Um, came out late seventies, British comedy film and I'd never actually seen it all the way through. I knew every, pretty much every line. You know, the, the odd scene where I thought, oh, i never seen this before. Every, every other bit I'd seen as a clip. Or, uh, yeah, you know, so it was a little bit like, you know, having been really familiar with a load of Led Zeppelin songs, but never having listened to Led Zeppelin before. Yeah. From the beginning to the end. Shall I tell you Go what Go on, you'll have to tell us who.
1: Go on.
0: It was... Monty Python's Life of Brian. Oh my god. I have never watched oh, Life of amazing. Brian. That's amazing. And shall I tell you the funny thing about Life of Brian? Come close. It's really funny. It's, it's genuinely really, funny. Yeah. It's really good. Oh, I think it's their best. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, I don't doubt that at all.
3: Because they've it got their very, very simple gags. They're not those oh, kind it's of... It is such um, a good gag. It doesn't depend on the kind of surreal notion no. of uh, the nights no. that go and all that. Yeah, it's they're just brilliant gags. My favourite gag is where they go to the stoning and the Terry Gilliam character and the Terry Jones character, I think, uh, go up to the merchandise stall, and you're meant to be buying stones for the stoning. He says, uh, two rocks, a little bag of gravel. <laughs> that was one of the first jokes I've ever heard. The idea that a bag of gravel's not going to kill anybody. It's just an irritant. It's just sort of mean-spirited <laughs> trick. <laughs> oh, dear, <laughs> dear. And, and, uh, oh, and Michael oh. Palin. Oh, he's fantastic, isn't he? Oh, <laughs> they're all wonderful. Well, John
0: Cleese, I mean... One Cleese cross One cross each. each. <laughs> <Close> to <laughs> the left. That's right. Yeah. Cleese, is, Cleese is the Roman shoulder. A Roman soldier, and as the man from the, you know, popular front from G- Judea or whatever he is. Yeah, yeah. It's the same character, <laughs> and he's just—he's forever charging onto screen, you know, in in, in a way that's just—it's just funny. Yeah, it physically is. funny. Oh God! Uh, anyway, so. I've watched it all in bits over the years, and that was the first time that I've sat and watched it from the beginning to the end. Isn't there a bit of the end where they're queuing
3: it. up with their, with their crucifixes, and he says to Eric Idle, they're all queuing up, and they go, uh, one across each, first first uh, on the left or something, and I say, are you crucifixion? Yes, crucifixion, yes. And uh, and uh, Eric Idle goes, "Now I'm freedom. we said, oh, well done. Oh, congratulations. Said, I'm only joking, crucifixion. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so good. Sorry, anyway, what were you saying? Go on. Oh, so dear. It struck me, is, are there any other films or records or anything like that that you've, you know, you're, sim- you're similarly aware of, but have never actually watched? You know, Ooh. that you're f- really familiar with, but you'd never, if you think about it, you've never sat down and watched it. Because there must be. There must be, mustn't there?
1: Oh my
3: God. <laughs>
0: okay. Well, no, you don't have to come up with an I answer
3: don't right know. Now. The only it thing on the impossible. tangent that I was thinking about the other day was, was, was there was a piece in Strong Words magazine, the very, very good literary magazine about Jaws. And they just uh, Ed Needham just interviewed you for his podcast, David. Well, that was amazing. Yeah. I remember, I, did, I think I read Jaws in 77 when it came out. That was incredible. But Peter Blenchley, you know, how his father came from a very well-to-do well, well um, background. His father paid him a 1,000 when he was a teenager to pay him pay him to write a 1,000 words every morning. In his holidays, God. just to see whether he could deal with the isolation, the discipline. Really good idea. He'd pay him whatever he would have got bussing tables in a restaurant. When he decided he was going to be a writer, he then wrote this idea for the book. And then, and then I didn't realise that right up to the very last moment, they didn't have a title for the book. They they had millions, they had 125 titles, I think. The jaws of a leviathan, the jaws of death, leviathan rising, a question of evil, Pisces, Redux, <laughs> Omnivore, the edge of gloom, etc. And the only word that could agree <clears> on, <throat> on out of all of those was Jaws. They said, oh, let's call it Jaws. Um, and the art and it director great said on the well, sleeve. It fits. And it fits, and the art director would have loved it. That's quite interesting. But no, yeah. I'm going to have to go back and think about some, uh, some movies I haven't seen. There must be some. Oh,
0: my God. Yeah, well,
2: so...
1: I, 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 actually, I do I don't think this is really embarrassing actually. I don't think I've ever sat down and listened to both sides of Abbey Road together from start to finish. Oh, you oh but you've heard the whole thing though, haven't you? Heard the whole thing. I've never I've never listened to Dark Side of the Moon. You've never listened. No. To Dark you must. Side of the have moon. Done. No. I've never listened to Appetite for Destruction. All oh, right.
0: Uh, oh, well, that's, that's Well, forgivable. that's forgivable. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I'm going to issue a challenge, Alex. OK. Between now and next week, this is your homework. you to listen <laughs> to Dark Side of the Moon.
1: OK. A report a back here We want time.
0: to know. We want to know what you think Ooh. when you listen to it. OK. We used to have a so, piece of the Word magazine called Like a
3: Virgin, when you did this. It's Andrew Harris' yes. idea. It very good. You went and listened to something you've never... some really well-known
1: thing that you had no idea what it was about. Yeah. Actually, yeah. you know what? I, I, the first time. As, as you guys, I think I've told you guys before, I've been pouring through um, the uh, the listening uh, suggestions from Dave's book, um, and uh, through that I listened to my first Bob Dylan album. Oh uh, yeah, you I said it. that's right. Yeah. I know which one was it again? Was it the it, first one? Uh, it was the first one, I think. Uh, yeah, it was yeah. the first one. Oh right, not uh, really yeah. representative, but yeah. But uh, yeah, it's amazing. My tiny little mind blown on many occasions. To, yeah, you know, these little yeah. <laughs> First first Led Zeppelin album as well, actually. Um, good record yeah uh, so yeah I accept the challenge I look forward to, to yeah
0: getting... do that do that I maybe you should be setting gonna... us
3: a challenge we should be listening to uh, you know an Aphex twin we've never heard we should be listening to some uh,
0: oh that's a good idea some
3: slice of rave madness I don't know actually is it I...
1: <laughs> I don't know I've
3: got the
0: reference points. be for yourself, mate.
1: I I don't know. I think you'll probably end up just resenting me if I just give you
0: the notice. Maybe, maybe. So I've been thinking a lot about Creedence Clearwater Revival and John Fogerty this week, which led me to this conclusion that uh, the best one-man band album ever made in the sense of one person playing all the instruments and not just a guy with an acoustic guitar or piano or whatever, but, but being a Bass drums,
3: whole thing, yeah.
0: Yes. Is John Fogerty's The Blue Ridge Rangers, which he made Seems in about 73, 74 or something like that, after Krensluet Revolved. And Dave, he, 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 he'd already pretty much proved that he could do it all himself, but this time he really was setting out to do it all himself. And it's not a perfect record, but do you know why it's the best? one-man band album no go on. because he didn't write any of the songs Well, oh, that's interesting and most most one-man band <laughs> albums are kind of demos yeah you know, they're they're indulge me i'm going to do my own thing over yeah. here you know uh, you know paul mccartney's first solo album is here's me and my domestic bliss and lovely linda and all about my wife and my child child's on the front of it you know and it's all it's all homemade and that's what you should love about it. Uh, whereas Fogerty was setting out to make a really commercial record made up of uh, rhythm and blues covers, country covers, slightly less well-known things. Um, but it sounded like a band absolutely all the way through, so it doesn't, doesn't sound homemade at all. But it's good because he didn't write any of it.
3: That's interesting. Mo-
0: most of those things are not like that. So Paul McCartney's first solo album, it's got Maybe I'm Amazed on it, hasn't it? Yeah, it has you know.
3: you. junk, that would yeah. be something. Okay. Yeah. But it's Great got a record.
0: lot, it's got a lot that's kind of neither in or there, you know. It's got a lot that's only on there because Paul McCartney's in charge and he says what goes yeah. on it. You know. And I think that applies to most one man banda records. They Am are. I, but right? I think a lot of those one-man band records. You think of them as being a technical exercise, but but if you if you can count it, Tubular
3: Bells is one. I think. Uh, I think Music of yeah. My Mind, Stevie, Stevie Wonder, one. I think the Foo Fighters' first album. I think he just made Dave Grohl just made it because he just wanted to get the record. Oh out god, and,
1: that's a cracker. The second one. So, yeah,
3: they I just think. did it incredibly fast, and each mm-hmm. track took him about forty-five minutes to do, or whatever. Todd Rundgren, I don't know enough about actually to know, because he did make several, I think, is on his own. But a lot of those technical exercises, Never, by definition, you know that you're, what you're not listening to is a load of people playing at the same time together. But the thing about the McCartney that really knocked me out, I think, was it was a kind of political statement. You yeah. know, they had all that, all that, the politics <clears throat> and the technology and that collaboration, all the people involved in those recordings at Abbey Road. Uh, juxtaposed with this kind of oaky, organic woodshed field. I used to imagine it was just literally an old barn with, with hay bales, with an AC-30 perched on the top, you know. And it does have a wonderfully kind of warm and human feeling to it. Flavour. You know, flavour. No, Those four just a four track recording and that it's not a particularly distinguished record because as you say there aren't any other oh, that many really sensational songs about it. but as a as a kind of political statement as, as saying say i i can do this on my own i don't need yeah. the others i found it very moving at the time i still think it's yeah. amazing and in fact i even think that the recent one was pretty good the track on it called long-tailed winter bird which is that the amazing instrumental on this on mccartney three but yeah but 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 i mean john Fogerty, surely in a class of his own, isn't he? My God, how many people? There are very few.
2: Songwriter, Could you count Prince?
3: Yeah, yeah, Prince Oh, yeah, Prince did. Yeah, Prince, absolutely. He should be in
0: there, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. How much of Bill his Collins did he do too, on probably. his own?
1: Did he? I think he did a lot on his own. Did yeah. he? Did. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I didn't realise yeah. that until very recently, actually. But, um, yeah. but when you go yeah. back to listen to yeah. those records, like Raspberry Beret and all that stuff, with the knowledge that that's Prince.
3: Yeah.
1: All of it. You know, it, 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 it breathes a completely new sense of life
0: into the songs. You know, you listen to them in a different way, for sure. Yeah. Um, is, is there anything, can you think of an example where somebody has done something on their own, where they've played all the instruments, where it sounds better than the same thing done by a load of musicians? Because. Well, you're talking listening to the same song. Yeah. So, so no, there's you know there's a famous certain... clip of Jeff
3: Lynne doing Have Mercy where he plays all four instruments and does all the vocals and he's a little there's film
0: a, There's film. always but a it's... sort of coldness about something. Yeah, yeah,
3: there is. There isn't that particularly.
0: Where somebody has clearly, they've done the drums first, then they've kind of done the bass yeah. or whatever, and, and and it's all overlaid and it always feels like that. Yeah. I I, I can't tell whether you're just... Persuading yourself that it feels like that because you know it's been made like that. Or whether it just generally, genuinely sounded different. I don't know, but but that was
3: my general feeling about tubular bells. I can remember being completely unmoved by it. I mean, it's really good as a technical exercise, but I didn't find anything remotely soulful or moving about it. I don't know if you, I thought it was an incredibly cold clinical experience. Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. We said one 19-year-old rather eccentric
1: guy kind of patching together Track yeah. after track after track, you know. Uh, could you count Rock the Casbah? Because I, ca- I can't imagine The Clash ever played that anywhere near as good as it sounded on record. And that was all Topper, wasn't it? Was it? Yep, Topper did. Uh, he went in and he laid down. He, I think he got into the studio early one morning and he had this idea and he laid down the bass, he laid down the drums, he laid down that piano riff. I think Mick Jones is playing the guitar on it, but that's basically oh, really? it. But otherwise, yeah, really? I never knew that. Brought the Caspar, uh, he's top of yeah, That's ahead amazing. And, and of course, he got booted out. <laughs> Cheers, lads. Cheers, <laughs> thanks for that. So, is Joe Strummer <laughs> not on it? Then? Does he not appear on it? He? Oh, he's singing on it. Well, he's singing on it.
3: But, oh, no, um, sorry, I was thinking it was, uh, it was the one that Mick Jones sings the vocal on. Of course, of course, of course, of course. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's um, yeah. should I stay? Or should I go? But yeah. it's
1: it's such a tight production, and Topper was such a brilliant musician. You know, he was far superior to anyone else in that group. Yeah. You know, in terms of his yeah. chops, was he? Was he, he really? Oh, yeah, he was a jazz guy. He was a jazz guy he oh, knew how to play and uh, I think that was w- one of the reasons he was hired because you know he was so much better than Terry Chimes was you know um, and uh, I mean if you listen to the you know the the, the first album wasn't Topper that was Terry Chimes and then afterwards but you listen to the progression after that and just what they did musically and it all starts and ends with Topper's drums but, um, but yeah that record was A-look. so, so oh booty down no for
3: showing tr- up the shortcomings <laughs> of the others <laughs> yeah. like Glenn Matlock <laughs> I well, used to love that. Glenn Mack was supposed to be thrown out, wasn't he? Because he just he liked Melody and he liked McCartney, and he
1: had a huge <laughs> record collection. <laughs> yeah. You know,
3: uh, where we got yeah. to, where we got to, by the way, in jabs and pop groups. I love that oh, story. Do you remember? You we mean, were at Ultravox and the Pet Shop Boys and had their stuff, don't
0: they? Spans uh, and Ger- Ger- Duran Duran. All the sixties, all the sixty pluses, yeah. and all the fifty pluses have had them. So it's we it's must now heading for the forty pluses. It's got to be the to take the haircuts.
3: That. It must be Johnny Hates. Jabs. Oh my god.
0: They've got the to be stuck. done. They must be done. Rick Astley, Lisa Stansfield, Sam Fox. Answer your not. names. Have you had your jabs? Rick Astley.
2: Yeah. Yes, sir. That's I'm still
3: going. We'd have a smart, we'd have a cartoon. We have thought that the cartoon.
2: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Who's had the
1: jabs? <laughs> that sounds been really good. I can tell you that Ian Brown hasn't had his jab. No, clearly not.
3: No, no, he's still twittering on.
1: He tweeted recently that... Uh, yeah, he, said, uh, he said something like, uh, "I refuse to play any 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 gig in front of an audience that has been uh, forced to vaccinate." And somebody replied, "Isn't that up to Butlins? <laughs> 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 oh,
2: oh, yeah.
1: oh my god!
0: Not making do so many favors, is he? Oh, well. not really. <laughs> so, any other business, boys? What else? What yes. is going on in the world of word? Go on, Alex. We have some new patrons. Uh, oh, good. Go I'm just going to bring them
1: up. Nice the we've got handy little links. Oh. <laughs> and we must plug the merchandise, which Dave and I are sporting. Shouldn't yes. we? Absolutely. There it is. There it is. We, we actually, we have, we've got a new merchandise page on the website, actually. Um, oh, great. Right. So if you go to wyelondon.com, uh, there yep. is a tab at the top that says merch. Um, merch. Merch. And that's the tab you want. If you want to, you can get hoodies, you can get hoodies. t-shirts, you can get what is it? Uh, you, can get you get
0: the, mugs, teacups, mugs, face masks. masks. Get your mask before face it's mask. too late. I love <laughs> it. Yeah, hurry, hurry,
3: <laughs> while stocks linger.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it will be out of
1: fashion when COVID's over. You know, you need to you need to be on top of the zeitgeist <laughs> yeah. while it's there. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, wearing them as a fashion statement would be like Morrissey with the hearing aid. It? That's <laughs> yeah. it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Okay, so, so have, I've gone, have you got new, gone? Yeah, we've patrons. got
1: three annual patrons this week. If you're an annual patron, of course, very you get good, a 15% discount. Um, they are Robert Few. Hello, Robert. What your name. Jerry Perkins.
3: Oh, Jerry yeah. Jerry oh, hey. Perkins. Yeah. And <laughs> Warren,
0: Warren Saunders. Warren very Saunders. Good. Welcome aboard. We nice. will probably be doing birthday Going word in your attics with them, weren't we? At some point. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, we've continued to do those over the last few weeks. They've all been very good. Have. It's been delightful to drop in on people's homes and see what they've got, go through <laughs> Huge their fun stuff. To do. <laughs> yes, really <laughs> nice. Um, and we should be getting back in the swing of uh, wedding your attics over the next week or so. Um, we have a Daryl Bullock so crowdcast um, going up in the next couple of days. Daryl Bullock, well. he's written a, a book called the Velvet, uh, the Velvet Mafia, Velvet Mafia, which is about the the gay men who invented fantastic swinging and he was a really good guest, and so yes, that'll that'll be up there, that'll be up there soon, and uh, we shall we should be linking up very soon with with the legendary Bob Harris. Um, we we put that off for a few days, but we'll try and fix it up. Yeah, he's week. got his tour coming back. His tour with Danny is his, back on again. His, isn't his tour supposedly. with back, so. back on. Yeah, brilliant. and uh, the Friday night quiz goes from strength to strength. So if you haven't joined that, never too late to join. That takes place at six o'clock. Ideal introduction to the weekend. Um, And anything to add, Alex? Anything further? If you want to know about becoming a Patreon supporter, patreon.com slash word in your ear for further details. Anything more? Any more for any more, gentlemen? We're there. I think we cracked it. Thanks for listening.
1: This podcast was brought to you by The Word.